Hello, my loves. My name is Heva, and this is the Blush Podcast. I hope everyone's having a really good week. It is cold as fuck in New York, like in the teens. It's honestly unbearable. And I was supposed to be in Australia this time of year. However, Australia's borders are still closed to U.S. citizens, so I just sit in my Tribeca apartment patiently slash anxiously waiting for the borders to open and just under heating pads constantly. It's so cold that I've had to swaddle my dog in a blanket at nights. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. One thing I've been doing to deal with it is I never shave my legs anymore. My legs are, it's pretty much like wearing long johns. That's how I like to think of it. I just have such a thick layer of long Middle Eastern hair (laughs) covering my legs that I don't need long underwear. I have a built-in extra layer underneath all the pants that I wear. (laughs) And... Can you tell us I a little about it sound your like background I did it on purpose. No, I did it because I'm lazy and I'm tired. I've been sick for months, which I keep alluding to. I'll just talk about what it is. So I have a thyroid condition. My thyroid has been underactive for a bit now. And um, I have dangerously low iron levels, not to rag, (laughs) and uh, low vitamin D, which pretty much everyone has low vitamin D. I just think mine might be a little extra low, which is why I really fucking need to get to Australia in the sunshine. And uh, what else? There's some reduced immune function. I have a little casual case of mono, like a little preteen who's been kissing. Uh, Really, I have no idea how the fuck that happened, but that's neither here nor there. So in conclusion, I've been sick. I've had just no energy for months. And uh, when Ozzy left for Australia because he works there every winter, uh, our winter, their summer, obviously, uh, and I couldn't go with him as we had planned, I just kind of stopped doing all forms of hair removal because that's just, I'm just doing the bare necessities to stay alive right now. And removing hair really didn't seem like a priority. So yeah, I have this nice thick layer of leg hair It's to the point where I think I could donate to Locks of Love soon, like 14 consecutive inches, no problem. My legs will be there in a few days. I did get a Brazilian and an arm wax the other day after not doing it for a month and a half, and I was honestly kind of terrified because it's been so long, and in my experience, the longer you wait, the more it hurts. And it wasn't that bad. And I think it's because I went while I was ovulating, which is a little pro tip. Get your hair removed or anything you want to do that's a little painful while you're ovulating because your pain tolerance is higher, I think. So yeah, that's a little tip. Um, This episode is not just going to be me talking about my body hair as much as I think everyone really wants that. Um, I actually have a guest on... But before we get to the guest, I want to talk about some other stuff. So first off, I want to share the best advice I have heard in forever. I was listening to another podcast and there was this comedian on, Jessie Jollis. And she was telling a story about how she was flying to London to go on a solo trip. And I guess what had happened was when she was getting ready for the trip, yada, yada. You didn't need a negative COVID test to go, but they changed the rules last second. So she's at the airport and they're like, yeah, we need a negative COVID test. And she's like, oh, well, I don't have one. And I guess they have a COVID testing center at the airport, which like fantastic. Um, But so she had to leave the security line. She had to run down to the COVID testing center. I really hope I'm not fucking up the story. This is how I remember it. And it's a super long line for the COVID test. And, you know, she starts to kind of be like, fuck, what if I don't make it on the plane? And, you know, 
you're traveling alone, but any traveling is just stressful all the time. And then add to, on top of that, that you're alone and then add this unexpected curveball and, you know, just the real life time constraint situation. We've all been there, right? We've all been in a situation where you're like, fuck, like I might miss my flight or fuck, like I'm waiting on, you know, results from this or fuck, like I'm waiting to hear back on this, whatever it is. We've all been in these moments of acute stress where you're like, ah, I don't know what the fuck to do. And you want to spiral and you want to act a little batshit and you don't know what to do. So this is what Jessie Jollis did. She stopped and she thought to herself, what if I could fast forward two hours and know that I get on the plane and that everything's going to be fine? How would I act now if I had that knowledge? Boom. Mic drop moment. Okay, so we're not all waiting for planes, but modify it to meet your needs. What if I could fast forward a week and have my blood work results and know that everything is fine? How would I behave now? What if I could fast forward, I don't know, two months and know that I get a job that I'm fulfilled in and I'll be fine financially? How would I behave now? Now, caveat, I'm not saying you should go out and spend a ton of money. I'm just saying, how would you carry yourself? How would your nervous system be? How would you show up differently in the world? Because those moments where we just sit and we flail and we freak out and we hyperventilate, I get it. I do it all the time. But it's really not helping. It doesn't do anything. So I think this is the key. And it doesn't apply for every situation, but it really fucking applies for those situations where there's an acute stressor and you just are spiraling, wanting to make sure something does happen or something does not happen, and you can't fast forward time. What if you did it in your mind and everything's fine? Just channel that energy, show up as that person. I heard this. I knew I needed to pass it on. I really, really hope that it resonates with you guys and it's something you can remember and channel when you're in those moments. Another thing I just want to plug before we get into the episode is my friend Mary's holistic health coaching service. By this time of year, statistically, we have all fallen off of our New Year's resolution train. It really, I think it's like a week or two that people adhere and then they fall out. So does this sound like you? You've tried all the trendy diets, fad workouts. You're pretty sure you're supposed to be feeling strong and happy, but instead you're plagued by fear and anxiety. You're counting macros. You're fixating on calories burned. You're overwhelmed by what diet to try next, to try to feel your best, but you really feel powerless. You're not alone. The good news is that your power isn't gone and you can easily take it back by empowering yourself to stop relying on others to tell you what and how to eat and learning your body for yourself. This is where Mary comes in. She can show you how your mind, body, and spirit work in harmony to create a rich, fulfilling life. Mary is a good friend of mine and she's honestly the expert on intuitive eating. She has a sickening body, not to, you know, take it there, but honestly, she really fucking does. And it's not because she diets. It's not because she starves herself. She just knows nutrition and she knows how to listen to her body and give it what it needs so that she's still taking pleasure in life, but also honoring her body and doing what feels good. Mary is now taking February clients for her one-on-one coaching program, the live rich method three months of weekly calls with tech support between calls giving you both the structure and guidance to take your power back in a big way join the revolution and say goodbye to food fear seriously check her out also check out her live rich mag it's amazing highly recommend i'll put a link to where you can find mary in the show notes please 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 check it out Okay, moving on to today's episode. 
After the somatic therapy episode, I got so many messages from you all that you struggle with both pelvic floor pain and jaw problems. So I found someone who specializes in the connection between the two. Sylvia is joining me on the podcast today to explain how and why the pelvic floor and the jaw are connected, what you can do to support both areas. We talk a lot about embodiment work, which in my experience of it, I might not be defining it well, but my understanding and my experience is that it's kind of like meditation meets exercise. So it's definitely not exercise and it's definitely not seated meditation. It's a practice where you move your body in a very conscious way and it really helps you connect with your body. So yeah, I might not be defining that right, but that's kind of my experience of it. We also talk about the importance of nurturing the relationship with yourself, how embodiment work can help with that, how getting more in tune with yourself and your body. I'm so sorry, that was my dog shaking in the background. And just a heads up, you'll hear her a bunch in the episode. She just, she's really been feeling you know, her Leo rising lately and just wants a lot of attention on the podcast. I'm just kidding. I have no idea if her rising sign is Leo. But, you know, she's been a little, she's been wanting to make an appearance on the podcast. So you'll hear her a little. I apologize in advance. Okay, back to the episode. Uh, We talk a lot about how embodiment practices can help you get more in your body, which then helps you set boundaries and honor your own needs and move past codependency and really just live a richer, more fulfilling life. Before we move into the episode, two quick things. One, if you're listening on Spotify, Spotify now lets you rate podcasts, so please, please Drop a little five stars for me and also make sure you're subscribed to the show so that you get next week's episode right when it drops. You do not want to miss this one. It's with a guest. We talk about sex. We really fucking go there. We talk a lot about kinks, how they come about, how you can get a little more kinky in sex. I mean, it's... Honestly, I might just have a little cringe freak out and not release it, but hopefully I don't go down that shame spiral because it's a beautiful episode. I talk a lot about my own sex stuff, which I can't believe I did, but here we are. So yeah, make sure you're subscribed so that you get that when it drops. And now, without further ado, on to the episode. Here's my interview with Sylvia. Yes, so I started out as a forest yoga teacher, and mm-hmm. uh, that was a really good foundation for my embodiment practices, because forest yoga is a style that requires you to stay in your body and show up no matter how challenging things get in life. So you, mm-hmm. you have to hold asana poses long enough that you have to feel it in order to create a transformation through the breath and the movement. And then in my life, three years ago, I had to go through a really, really hard experience. My marriage ended, my long-term marriage. And it was crazy because it, it seemed like it was such a beautiful relationship. So if you looked from the outside, you know, when people mm-hmm. don't know your story, like you never know what somebody's story is deep down. We don't even know ourselves what our story is until we really look within and mm-hmm. get to know ourselves. and why we come together with somebody, why we respond to something in life, the way we respond. So Mm -hmm. the whole experience put me into the path of having to have a healthy relationship practice with myself. Mm -hmm. I discovered, so uh, I went through an experience of betrayal by my partner. So I decided I had a warrior (laughs) choice in life that I am not going to play victim. So I refused Mm -hmm. to play victim and instead I turned into my body and the wisdom in my body to discover my patterns, my mental, emotional, and you know, mental, emotional is manifested in the physical on Mm -hmm. why, 
why did I have to go through this life shattering, you know, heart shattering, spirit level wounding experience? And I realized that because I was a codependent my whole life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it took me. I can relate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I had no idea, Hiva, while I was in the relationship that I was toxic in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. like that, that, oh, my God. I have to take responsibility over my actions. Not what mm-hmm. he did, not yeah. blaming, but turning in within myself and discovering. So what I learned, the biggest lesson I learned was that all this time I was betraying my own self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was trying to be loved and receive love and attention through abandoning my own needs. Yeah. I can relate so hard and it's so easy when you go through a breakup, especially if the other person did do something wrong. You know, it's so easy to be like, oh, fuck him. Like, you know, he abused me. He did this. He did that. It's so hard to look and be like, wait, why did I even date him? Why was I even with this person for so long? Like, why did I abandon myself? Why was I overgiving? Why was I trying so hard to be loved instead of just giving that love to myself? Exactly. So I chose to find my power and I'm sure you did the same thing because you're, <laughs> you're here sitting in the chair and leading this podcast. So, you know, turning that into teachings. So mm-hmm. I, I basically turned the experience that I was going through into how can I share this with the world so that, mm-hmm. you know, primarily women, my embodiment course is, you know, it's for anybody who's in a body right. with a, with a beating heart (laughs) (laughs) and emotions but mostly women show up for this course to heal their relationships with themselves and the world around them Mm -hmm. yeah of course wait can i backtrack real quick yeah um you said you were a forest yoga teacher did i hear that correctly yeah is that this is such a dumb question i'm sure is that like in the forest yeah that's that's a common question I I love doing yoga in the forest, just to clarify, but this teaching style is named after Anna Forest. So she she went through Mm. a very hardcore, very traumatic childhood, and Mm. she developed this uh, teaching style, forest yoga, based on her experience combined with other yoga styles that honor alignment and... uh, really holding postures in order to have breakthrough Mm. energetic physical so it's it's a warrior practice okay okay so i came to the work that i do with a very very solid foundation you know like okay Mm. i i had these tools to go through that life experience i had to go through in order to Mm -hmm. you know pop my own wings out and really create this new new healing system pelvic jaw alignment Mm-hmm. I definitely want to touch on pelvic jaw. We actually recently had on a somatic therapist and she has a huge history with pelvic floor pain, which is what brought her to her work. And we kind of briefly touched on the pelvic jaw connection, um, but we didn't get too deep into it. I wonder if we should touch that first or talk about embodiment first. They both are connected, so we can okay. bring it all. Yeah. Before you talk too much about it, could you actually explain what embodiment work is? Because I feel like it's one of those terms that we hear so much in the wellness space. And it's one of those terms that like I've always just kind of been like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Like I wouldn't even know how to define it. So yes. So embodiment practice is important when you don't know how to feel and Mm -hmm. be in your body and have a healthy relationship with the world and with yourself. Mm -hmm. So you have a very challenging ability to sense and feel and connect. Most of Mm -hmm. the time, people are not even aware that they have a challenge with that. Mm -hmm. So they Mm -hmm. need the practice and the work of guiding their attention into their body. It's very Mm -hmm. much similar to meditation, but the goal and the purpose, the focus with the embodiment work is to feel the sensations in your body and when you have diverse life experiences as a child for example 
you learn that your environment is not safe enough to really let mm-hmm. go, Whew, you know, snuggling and cozy up with the world, with yourself, and you create a disconnect from your needs, your senses and feelings. So we need to do the practice. You know, I use the breath. I teach how to mm-hmm. connect to your body through the breath and the movement, how to mobilize energy for those mm-hmm. of you who are listening and feel like collapsed or shut down as, mm-hmm. a, as a trauma response. You know, if you're familiar with those terminology, then you need to learn how to mobilize safely. So I teach mm-hmm. people through all of my programs how to create a safe relationship with themselves and have a connection relationship with their body. So Mm -hmm. practicing sensing, feeling, and not freaking out. (laughs) Yeah. Feeling can be scary. Yeah. You know? It can, yeah. You know, I was um, a very sensitive child, and uh, I feel like my specific emotional needs, even though I had parents who were present and definitely tried their best, um, but they weren't really able to meet my needs as a child. And I I think it was a few years ago that I realized how much I was living in my head and so disconnected from my body. Like just really like in a fantasy world almost. Sometimes I would think and I was like, I don't even know what's happened today because I've just been in my own place. And it took so much. I mean, breath work was something that really grounded me to my body, things like that to really be like, no, I need to be present in the world here today. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And interestingly, it was after a big breakup for me also that I had all these realizations. Okay. Were you also codependent? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Were you betrayed? Um, you know, it, no. So what would happen in that relationship was I was really betraying myself. I was betraying my own needs and I wasn't actually happy or fulfilled with this person but I refused to see it okay because I was so just in scarcity mindset it was the first person I dated in seven years and so in my mind I was like this is it this is what I have to cling to and I was really in a just deep spiral of self-betrayal and not being honest with myself and then and I was over giving constantly and then two times two separate times this happened i had had a few drinks and i just exploded wow at my partner like it just raged out at him but it's because so much had been pent up largely towards myself like i didn't actually want to be with him you know and so i'd have drinks and i'd be like let me just burn this to the ground you know And so after the second time, obviously the next day I was so apologetic. I didn't mean it, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, I don't know. And then he kind of broke up with me on the phone, which at the time felt like such a betrayal to me. But in retrospect, I really understand because... I was clinging on so tightly, like I was grasping so tightly and any conversation. And I mean, he said this, he was like, I just know if we talk in person, we're going to go around in circles and end up in the same place. And like, I just cannot do this anymore. And so, I mean, I felt like I was betrayed at the time, even though in retrospect, I don't think I was betrayed by him. I think really I betrayed myself. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Sorry, my dog keeps coming in and out of the room. I was checking for her. But yeah, so that's really when I went on the most intense transformational time of my life. And that's when I really realized how disconnected I was from my body. Yes, I totally get that. The intense life experience makes you having to do a shift you know make a Mm -hmm. shift 
for me, it made me realize how important the relationship with myself was before I can enter a healthy, functional relationship, a secure attachment with somebody mm-hmm. else. So I took all this time, three years, being single to build myself up and really get to know who she is. What am I about beyond yeah. my, my trauma that's that's from you know, early childhood. So it really took me all the way back, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I was thinking about while you were talking is that also the reason why I created the embodiment course is because I don't want people having to go through that intense fucking pain in order to wake up to the fact that you have to cultivate that relationship with Mm -hmm. yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. so the first idea is to find your own needs and then Mm -hmm. how to speak up. Because one of the terrifying things for my past self was speaking up, not just to Mm -hmm. identify my needs, but speak up and then backing up your voice with your full body's wisdom. And this is how we come to the connection of the jaw, the neck, the throat, your voice and your pelvis. Mm-hmm. because there is power in your pelvis so if you mm-hmm. cannot breathe down into your pelvis and i have to tell you it's very hard you know it's pretty mm-hmm. hard to do that you can't really fully be backed up by that pelvic power mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. and of course these two areas are also connected you know i don't know if you want me to tell you now guys yes, yes, how please. it how it's connected okay so i've done so much study not just on my own body, but with other people too. And I'm a geek. I'm a nerd. I love studying medical papers. I love science. Uh, so I have an understanding that these two areas are connected. Actually, they mirror each other. So the tissue in your throat are very similar to the tissue in the, the vulva in the canal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Uh, voice you know some people refer to your upper lips and your lower lips for female you know female um, sexual anatomy Mm -hmm. people and there has been studies that really prove and show that these two areas are fascially connected Mm -hmm. and and so this is how the movement comes in combined with the mindfulness and the breath because fascia is I believe is a highway of intelligence and mm-hmm. high, the highway of light. Actually, fascia transmits light. <laughs> I don't know if mm-hmm. you knew that. No. But f- yeah. But fascia is the organ. If, if you guys are listening and you don't know what fascia is, fascia is the organ that connects every single part of your body. It's a connective tissue. So through mm-hmm. the fascia, you move one part of your body and then the other responds or not. Mm-hmm. If you have patterns in the body where... You know, a heartbreak shuts you down. It creates fascia density in your body. Mm. So with the breath, with the movement, you literally wiggle out your essence and who you are and give it an expression to the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. So I've seen maybe like massage places sometimes have like myofascia release or something like that. Is that related? Yes. Yes. Very, very, very similar. But the difference is that you, in my work, you do it your own self. So you create Mm -hmm. this uh, sort of a a massage, self massage effect through the movement Mm -hmm. and the breath. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How beautiful. And would you say there's a connect? I mean, this is kind of an obvious question, but I'm still going to ask it. Do you often see a connection between some kind of sexual trauma? And I'm not talking about necessarily, you know, vaginal rape, uh, but, you know, just even milder forms of sexual trauma and um, an inability to voice your needs. Do you see those two linked? 110% yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Hiva, think about, and everybody listening, think Mm -hmm. about childbirth, you know? Mm -hmm. Even if you haven't gone through the experience of giving birth to an actual child, maybe you have given birth to projects, 
but it's commonly known that mid midwives teach birthing and laboring women to open up their voice, but not just like a high pitch, mm. not like that. And because it's commonly known that the low, deep, resonating voice opens up the cervix. Mm, <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And yeah. here's the. Here's another cool thing is that in my work, I, I observe, I notice everything, you know, how people shift. One of the cool things that happens when you tap into parasympathetic activation, that means you're able to chill, you're able to uptake and feel good in your body, you know, the opposite of sympathetic, mm-hmm. upregulated states, is that your voice octave drops. Oh, (laughs) you know what? Now that you say it, so one of my friends from college used to always make fun of me because he would say that I have a stranger voice, like a voice that I put on for strangers that's higher pitched. And it makes sense because, you know, when meeting someone new or when I was nervous, my voice would get higher pitched. And then when you get to know me, I kind of have a bit of a lower voice. You know, when I'm calm with someone, it drops a little. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I've never thought about what it is, why that is, but that's so interesting. I would bet that that by the time you know you you feel safer with somebody, that's when you can get into that deeper voice too. Mm-hmm. If you observe, yeah, yeah, that definitely tracks. That's so interesting. Hmm. Okay, so I have a self-serving question. Mm-hmm. So I um have jaw clenching problems like I wear a night guard at night otherwise I would just clench to death and do you think it's likely that I do pelvic clenching too and just don't realize it yes so this is the other connection yeah first of all I'm sorry that you have that issue (laughs) (laughs) secondly good news we can do so much about it you know one Mm. of the things we do is learning to release the jaw and this will be mm-hmm. something that we will do at the end of the recording or towards the end. Okay. Is a little practice on how to do that. Mm-hmm. And yes, so the connection between the jaw and the pelvis, yeah? Mm-hmm. When you hold tension in one of the areas, most likely you're holding tension in the other. So the mm-hmm. upper, upper part and the lower part, the jaw and the pelvis. I see this very commonly... You know, the jaw clenching is connected to some form of pelvic floor dysfunction as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this might be TMI, or I don't know if this is too much. I don't know. <laughs> Bring it on. Um, <laughs> could constipation, chronic constipation, be a manifestation of a pelvic floor problem? Yes. Or no? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, definitely connected. And I tell you a little bit how. Mm-hmm. So the the part of your nervous system that is responsible for things like the elimination mm-hmm. or your heart or digestion are connected to the vagus nerve. And the vagus mm-hmm. nerve originates here behind, you know, the, your ear, in, behind your head and goes all the way down through the neck, down into your heart area, stomach, down, down, all the way to your cervix and your bottom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, we are stimulating the vagus nerve. So letting go, the ability to let go and feeling comfortable is connected to that part of your nervous system that is responsible for time regulation. Mm -hmm. So when the nervous system regulates, then you know of course constipation has so many connections but of course yeah yeah definitely otherwise unexplained constipation i guess is what i'm getting at you know you're eating the fiber you're drinking the water you're doing all the things right but it's otherwise unexplained so that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah And also real quick, just for anyone who isn't familiar, so the sympathetic nervous system is kind of the fight or flight, right? It's what activates if you're 
think like, you know, historic times you're in danger, you see a lion, you see a bear, you get energy, you get that adrenaline, you can run away or I don't know, probably wouldn't want to fight the bear, but I don't know who am I to judge. Um, and then the parasympathetic is when you calm down again. It's when the danger is over, your heart rate stabilizes, your energy can go back to digestion. It's also when you experience arousal, if I'm correct, right? Yes, you need to be able to relax in order to feel pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. So the way it was explained to me was that basically it's kind of almost evolutionary. It's, you know, when you're in the sympathetic state, all of the focus is on just surviving and then the danger is over and you get blood flow to the genitals as an evolutionary way of being like, let's keep the human race going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Here's the problem with trauma you know let's let's call it unresolved life experiences yeah Mm -hmm, that your mm -hmm. your system was unable to process out and yeah so the problem is that you have an ongoing uh dysregulated nervous system Mm -hmm. so you have really a hard time being able to drop in that go and really feel who you are and express that to the world Mm -hmm. and oftentimes we are not even aware of that you know, mm. that we have this upregulated state. So one of the, the, the reasons behind the tooth clenching is actually uh, nervous system dysregulation, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the nighttime. So, of course, again, it's all connected with the posture, you know, your postural alignment, your thoughts, your the muscle functions in your face, but I think, and I, I think I know it's connected with the nervous system, you Mm -hmm. know, the upregulation, sympathetic activation is connected with tooth clenching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have a question that's a little complicated. So for someone who, let's say they know they have TMJ or they know they have jaw problems or they know they have pelvic pain or they just, they, they're aware that they're very much not in their body. Those people I think will listen to this and be like, oh, okay, I really need this. You know, that that's easy. But then I think there are people who aren't even aware that they might be having these problems. And I will say for me, I never noticed the jaw clenching until the dentist kept being like, there's just something weird in your mouth. He's like, I can see how good you're taking care of your teeth, but you have so many dental issues. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then finally, he's like, you know what? Something with your gums, I think you might be clenching at night. Let's make you a night guard. And so when I started wearing the night guard, all of a sudden I was like, oh my God. Like, I feel so much better. I didn't even realize I was clenching because I was so clenched that I didn't know what it meant to not be clenched. So Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> See, when you don't know how you could be potentially feeling, you don't have a reference yeah, point, you know? Exactly. So I'm wondering, do you have any kind of like signs or things that someone could look out for to th- to be like oh wait maybe I actually really do need this embodiment work I think the biggest one is anxiety mm-hmm. you know and stress so most people can relate to that mm-hmm. you know e- even if they if they don't have the extreme of anxiety or like panic attack everybody can relate to stress and, mm-hmm. and identify, oh, I've been so stressed out at work or, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, this thing is going on with my kid or school. And it's so stressful. Mm-hmm. Yes, you need to tend to your nervous system. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's one of them. And, of course, there are other other issues like skin issues, for example, autoimmune oh, disease, um, mysterious uh, joint problems, you know, inflammation. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that doctors just scratch their head and they say I've done everything I can and I don't know Mm. what to do with you anymore (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that yeah heart problems oh blood pressure Mm. yeah 
high blood pressure, mm-hmm. a lot of this. So the body is talking to us. The thing is that we don't know how to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just have to listen to your body. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what would you say the process of healing looks like? I mean, I hear a lot of people say that sometimes with certain types of healing, like with inner child work, I'll say, I think oftentimes people sometimes feel a little worse before they start to get better. And that can often be a little discouraging. Would you say it's Mm. similar with embodiment work also? Yes. If the work that you're doing is effective and doing it's what it's meant to be to create healing and shift and transformation, it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can you can do it as gently as possible. You know, I believe in a gentle, subtle approach. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do not support or like or favor anything that's an intense, invasive therapy. Mm-hmm. Because you can uh, re-traumatize somebody, re-injure things. But when things come up and you get faced, you know, like listening to the body. Because the the experiences are not stored in your brain, you know, in different Mm -hmm. compartments of your brain. So when you tune in with the body part that's holding uh, the vibration of an unresolved life experience, then when you learn how to communicate with that body part, through the embodiment mm. practice, through the breath, through paying attention, then you are asked to step up as your own healer and medicine person. Mm-hmm. And that is the moment when you have to be your wiser self, your your currently embody your, your, your wiser self and tell yourself, I'm no longer the child. I can do this. I am here for you and show up for you. Mm-hmm. And then feel the feelings as a mature adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it requires you to be mature and you have to understand that pain is part of being alive. So if you're avoiding feeling, trying not to feel pain, then you're not going to get to the bottom and the root cause of your wounding. Right. I'm yeah. being very honest. No, I'm being it's honest. so true. I So I have a lot of friends in kind of a spiritual community, and we always talk about it. We call it spiritual bypass. It's just, it's a way yeah. of like that think positive. No, everything's going to be fine. Like it, it doesn't work. You have to feel all the negative feelings. Absolutely. I recently had a friend get out of a very long relationship and before she was even broken up with her boyfriend, she started talking to another guy. And she was like, it's the, I know. And she's like, it's the only way I can like mentally be okay with us breaking up is if I already have another guy. And then, you know, she, she breaks up with him. She's already living with this new guy. And anytime I would ask her about like anything with the old person or how she's feeling, she would just get so angry at me and yell at me and be like, I just, I'm just trying to be positive and not focus on the negative. And I was like, okay, but that's not going to serve you in the long term, <laughs> you know, like maybe, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like having a drink instead of feeling your feelings. It might feel good exactly. for a few minutes, but it's really not going to help in the long run. <laughs> okay. If you want to be a cycle breaker, you have to face it all and break the toxic patterns, you know? Yeah. 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 And honestly, I don't think that everyone Maybe not, you know, I believe in reincarnation and I think we, you know, choose what we need out of this incarnation and maybe not everyone in this incarnation in their life needs to be a cycle breaker. Maybe they're just here to, you know, whatever. And maybe that's for future lifetimes. But I do think that the audience of this podcast is here for a reason. And it's because we've seen how life can be and we want a little bit more we want to be a little more in touch with ourselves we want to have a little more peace a little more ease because you know i found like going back to that relationship i was talking about 
I would try so hard to be perfect all the time, to be, you know, well-mannered, to be easy and fun and fun to be around and keep it light and keep it fun. And it was just so much constant pressure on myself to like achieve this level of perfection that is just crazy. And then I look at the relationship that I'm in now, which, uh, you know, I'm not insinuating that it's perfect at all, but I put it's easy, it's effortless. Like I don't put any strain on myself and it's because I went through years of doing that work of really looking at myself. And I'm not saying I never act crazy because I sometimes do, but he really just accepts me for who I am. So I'm very I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, so but I happy mean, for you. If I had gotten out of that breakup and I was like, oh, I'm just going to find another guy to date and like, fuck him. He did this. He did that. He has a small penis. Like, whatever. (laughs) 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 If I just done that, I would be in the... (laughs) Maybe you would be with another small penis person. But I would definitely be in the same type of relationship. You know what I mean? I would definitely be repeating those patterns like I have my entire life. But it was really taking that pause and doing all of that heavy lifting. And honestly, it sucked. Like it wasn't fun. You know what I mean? Like there was a year where I was just uh, so emotionally drained (laughs) because I was excavating all of these deep feelings. Yeah, see, um, codependency is uh, like a drug. It's mm-hmm. it's like an addiction. You know, you have to break it, break that cycle, or or it goes hand in hand with the self abandonment. Yeah, yes. Like that that was my pattern too, and I it takes you to keep breaking that. Mm-hmm. And how you're gonna break that is catching it when you're about to get into that. Oh, I'm about to abandon my own needs. You know, oh, I'm about to throw away. You know, mm-hmm. my value of who I am in order to be loved. You know, so instead of that, you choose to, I don't know, like put on a song and dance and romanticize yourself or touch. You know, I have ceremonies when I worship myself. Mm, because how beautiful yeah because that is the ceremony that is the medicine practice that i need mm-hmm. is to to break that old cycle of self-abandonment i really want to talk about ceremony before i get there i do want uh-huh. to just touch on codependency for a minute because i mm-hmm. think and we've talked about it before on the podcast but maybe if it's your first time listening or you just don't remember i think that we have this image of codependency in our minds as being like the person who has to be in a relationship and can never be alone and that's certainly one facet of it but there's other types like there's also i think a very clear example i would say is overgiving and self-abandonment right like it's Absolutely. the person who always wants to have help who's always doing things to help people who's you know and then at the peril of themselves yes so this is another way to identify you know if you Mm -hmm. need embodiment work is that you are labeled as the good friend Mm -hmm. who everybody can turn to yes (laughs) yes you know or oh she or he is so good at you know holding space for everybody Mm mm-hmm question is she able to hold that space for her own self Mm -hmm. you know we learn early on in childhood what are the ways that that our environment respond to us Mm -hmm. you know and they pay attention to us so for many of us it was we did through the expense of abandoning our own needs yeah being being the good girl or like oh i'll do that for you Mm -hmm. yeah you're gonna like me if i do Mm -hmm. that for you yes Mm -hmm. You're going to like me. I know you will. So in a way, we participate, we partake in a toxic cycle because it takes both parties to participate. You know, it's not just like one person um, taking advantage of you, but you also participate in a toxic cycle. Right. So you have, you have to like realize that, that you participate in any ways. Yeah, because... and. You know, I think you were just touching on this. So 
much of codependency is so culturally praised and reinforced. Like you said, it's the good friend. It's the generous person, the person who's generous with their time. You know, both of my parents, I now can see as an adult, have very codependent characteristics, but there are things that are really praised and reinforced as being like good mm -hmm. traits by society. You know, like, oh, my mom, she's so sweet. She's so kind. She does everything for everyone. My dad is so generous with his time yeah. and effort and energy and intentions. And, you know, they're constantly over giving, but it's, you know, society's never like, oh, no, this is an issue. Society's like, M bravo look at them we should be yeah. like them you know there's a lot, lot of work to do and you know claiming our own pleasure and sexuality and the of label course. of if you are too sexual you know then then you are a whore and then what is a whore <gasps> it's a loaded word <gasps> you know it's yeah. like it's like uh, spiraling into all kinds of things so yeah you just have to do what feels right of course yeah and i mean yeah. it's something i still am navigating through so much like especially with sexuality you know i'm an adult sexual female i think there should be no shame and stigma around talking about sex and anytime i start to do it on the podcast i'm like oh my god i really hope my dad doesn't listen to this one <laughs> brave i can talk i so relate to you i actually created a new instagram that i don't tell anybody so i don't want my mother to follow <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> i am 42 years old and i still do things like this yeah but, but you know but you can look at it as a way no i'm actually safeguarding my privacy Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying everyone should be, you know, talking about <laughs> sex publicly. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think everyone should do what they're comfortable with, and oftentimes, I think not oversharing is the braver move. But I'm just saying, like, it's just it's wild to me that we're in this time and place, and yet we still have so much puritanical trauma and stigma informing how we live our lives dude yeah yeah so here's another thing how people can identify if they need work with mm -hmm. embodiment and specifically you know breaking the codependency thing is uh, if you are lacking boundaries mm. <laughs> yep mm -hmm. yeah you need to do the work to establish boundaries. And that, that goes hand in hand with being an overgiver. And that translates into being an overgiver with your energy. Of course. Yeah. And then turning that energy, and you mentioned about, you know, your codependency pattern, how much fucking energy that took you to maintain that cycle. Yeah. Think about what happens when you turn that energy into the functionality of your body, mm -hmm. the functionality of your heart rate, your digestion, mm -hmm. your orgasms, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, by creating um, discernment and clarity on what you allow into your life, what you want in your life versus what is the thing that you need to, nope, not today. Mm -hmm. And the ability to catch that you're slipping into a um, not abandoning, uh, violating your own boundary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk about boundaries a lot on this podcast because it's something that I find that myself and the rest of this community really needs work on. But I think that you can say all of the things but it doesn't matter if your energetics aren't aligned, if your subconscious isn't aligned with what you're saying and you're putting out. So yeah, you can learn to say no and you can say no till you're blue in the face, but it's just going to keep coming up until you address the energetics that are underlying it. And that's what I love about your work because it just gets to the energetics. Instead of, you know, yeah. instead of the, the surface is really, it's the smallest part. It doesn't matter. I bet when you do the subconscious work, when you do the energetic work, then it won't even come up so much. You don't even have yes. to use your words as much. <clears throat> yes. I mean, uh, 
scientifically speaking, it takes so many repetition, and I don't know the exact numbers of how many times you need to, maybe you know that, Hiva, how many times you have to repeat a new patterning, mm-hmm. you know, mental patterning, habitual patterns, and me as a movement educator, movement patterns mm-hmm. until it becomes a new pattern in your body. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to do it over and over again, catching the old ways and let them just mm-hmm. ship away. But you cannot do it if you don't make that mental cognitive connection behind your habitual ways of being. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So could you maybe give us a little taste of what someone can expect in your embodiment course? Yes. So I'd like to do this next piece by a wall sitting up. Do you have wall space? I do. Um, I can, hold on, I did this earlier for a hypnosis session. So I can just put my chair right up against the wall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those of you who are listening, scoot back to a wall space. And we are using the wall today as a tool, like a ginormous prop to lean against, to awaken our sensorial senses, to create a relationship and a feedback to feeling ourselves related to the wall and feeling the breath moving through the body. So aligning the back of the skull with the wall and feel the bottom of your bum, your sit bones against the floor. Take a big inhale, long exhale out. Keep feeling the sensations between your skull and the wall and relax your shoulders down. Keep an alignment, straight spine, inhale into your upper back, face, jaw. Now as you inhale, telescope the crown of the head up to the ceiling as you reach the sit bones into the earth. Exhale, keep the length in the spine, but relax your shoulders down again. Very, very long exhale out. Take a feeling moment here before you take your next inhale. Feel the wall behind you. Big inhale. Telescope your crown of the head to the ceiling. And simultaneously ground, root down through the sit bones, clear pelvis into the floor. Expand your breath a little bit more. Keep the crown of the head towards ceiling. Exhale, relax your shoulders, shoulder blades down. On the next exhale, work on maintaining this length in the spine without collapsing in your mid-back. And gently open your lips, relax your jaw. Enjoy this quiet space internally. Show up for yourself. Use the wall behind you to create a present moment of connection with yourself and within this experience. Maybe you will feel the need to sigh out and make a sound. Give yourself space and permission to let a sound out. Bring your attention to your sit bones and your pelvis. And feel the breath ballooning down towards your pelvis. A 
if your breath is not going all the way down, it's okay. Just feel, sense, notice. Exhale, relax your shoulders down. Take your hands and cross them around the ribcage. Feel the breath expanding into your hands. So you have to use that oxygen that you're uptaking. And feel the back of the ribs ballooning into the, the wall behind you. Exhale, relax the shoulders down. Now one more time, you're powerfully creating a connection with this mid-thoracic area of your body. Inhale, expand the ribs. Keep ballooning the ribcage into the wall behind you. Crown of the head to the ceiling. Sit bones down into the earth. Exhale, pull the outer ribs in towards your center line. So you're connecting to the core, connecting and stabilizing your spine. One more breath like this. And now make some noise. Exhale out through your mouth. Good. Bring your hands, rub them together. Make that heat, create your energy. I'll teach you the energy brush. It's gonna be funny because we both have uh, headphones on. So I think we're gonna be giggling because it's gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so you will be using your hands like a washcloth, going through the face and then brushing through the whole head. The focus, my friends, is to give all of that energy and attention to your own self. Let's do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, uptake, uptake your touch. One more time, <laughs> feel the sensation. Now if it feels good, to me it feels good to massage my neck a little bit, side to side, ah, yes. <sighs> and bring your hands to your heart. <laughs> Take a huge inhale for your heart. Yes. <laughs> Open your eyes. Welcome back. <laughs> wow, that was so beautiful. Oh, your voice just shifted. <laughs> really? <laughs> Is it deeper? <laughs> that that was, it was so rich. Your voice mm. became richer. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I can feel it. It's almost, uh, you know, not to use very cliche terms, but it's almost like uh, the throat chakra opened a little is the best way I can describe it. Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this makes me so excited for your course. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. I won't keep you much longer. I feel like we've covered pretty much everything. Um, did you want to share a code? Yes, so. yes, yes. So this program I've been talking about, I talk about it so much because I'm like a proud mom, you yeah. know, talking about her children all the time. Yeah, I'm also excited to help people. It is a fully DIY course. That means you don't have to show up at a certain time in a certain place mm -hmm. and you get to progress in your own terms. But I want you to progress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let you not progress. And even if it's DIY, I am there. And my platform is beautifully created, private platform. Mm -hmm. So I keep an eye on the comments, mm -hmm. comment section when my students are going through the course. And I am there and in the background and cheering you on. So 
the embodiment course, which is the relational healing course, I have an amazing 20% off discount code for you listeners. And the code is BLUSH221. Okay. BLUSH221. And it's on my website, pelvicjawalignment.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, those of you who are listening today, I want to throw in an extra special bonus. Are you ready for that? Mm-hmm. So I have an extra module that goes super beautifully with embodiment. And it's called uh, Fembodiment. Mm-hmm. And that is more a deeper dive into exploring our sensual body mm-hmm. and uh, the genitals and uh, self-exploration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even if, if you're partnered, I want to emphasize, this is for both partnered and non-partnered humans. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you are partnered, you will have to do work on yourself mm-hmm. to connect to your erotic body. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to gift everybody using this code <laughs> the extra bonus module as a gift. And I have to emphasize that you will you will not be able to buy this package anytime in the future at this low price. It's a, it's a very low price because it's introduction right now. Mm-hmm. I'm in this beginning phase of doing the work as a offering, introducing to the world through amazing people like Hiba and her <laughs> podcast. And uh, so it's an, an extra special sale. Add it in with an extra special discount code, mm-hmm. with an extra special gift. Oh, and I didn't even tell you that it also comes with the bonus face training device, which, Ooh. by the way, will help you release the TMJ mm-hmm. and train your facial muscles as well. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I can't wait to sign up. Um, I hope a lot of the community signs up with me and we can all do it together. That would be so cool. I love, I love when... We come together as a community and get to cheer each other on. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, having a virtual platform, people tend to think, oh, it's not the same as in person. But I have to tell you, coming back to the ceremony stuff, is that, mm-hmm. yes, you can create amazing shifts through a virtual platform. Yes. And, and it's it is just, a ceremonial practice. Yeah, it's it's easier. It's more accessible. You don't have to go somewhere. You don't, you know, have to stop for a pandemic. And you can make <laughs> your own ceremony uh, with it. So, And actually, I do have tools as part of the program, how to create your own ceremony mm-hmm. added to, because it's part of the work, mm-hmm. you know, honoring your own personal prayer ways mm-hmm. and add that to your embodiment practice, mm-hmm. finding your needs. That's, that's the main goal of the, the course is identifying your needs and creating an action plan, how to ask for that from your environment and how to meet those needs of yours. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to connect with you more and talk about the course. And thank you to everyone who listened. We'll put all of your information and all of the links in the show notes so everyone can easily find you. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.